Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, and action. What do I do? Um, speak. <laughs> but I don't want to. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Hi, Dom. How are you? I'm well. I'm tired. I'm tired <laughs> in my bones. It's your first day well. back at work, isn't it? It was my second day today. We went back on Friday. Uh, we recorded this on a Monday. So today was my second day. But the days go very quickly, which is great because um, it's just, you know, just one step closer to retirement. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't say death or something. like it's Yeah. No, no, no. Like it's one step closer to when I don't have to get up, you know, at, at six o'clock and, uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, there's people that have it much worse. I'm just a sleepy. Yeah. You've just come off holidays. It's always a bit rough yeah. re-entry. It is. The re-entry is always rough. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pillow biting week. <laughs> oh goodness. That's a very goodness different thing. For... <laughs> we'll just leave what? that I one. just, I bite the pillow because I, when I wake up, I'm frustrated. I have to wake up. Isn't that what that means? Absolutely. In, in the hetero world, for sure. <laughs> Our disgruntled <laughs> nature of having to go to work, that's what it is. We're pillow biters, the lot of us. <laughs> I can't hear that without thinking of other things. I bet. <laughs> well, then I won't rub in the fact that I still don't have a job, folks. We're, we're up to week two now of redundancy oh. and unemployment. I'm really... It sounds really odd, but I'm so jealous. I know, trust me. <laughs> I'm so jealous of you. I know, it's been, I have known many a people that have gone through periods of unemployment and I've always sat there and just gone, oh, don't, don't yeah. even. I yeah. love that. I can now say on the flip side, it's actually not enjoyable at all. Yeah, no. It's actually very stress and anxiety inducing. Yeah. But we're here for you, and I, I just, I'm gonna send you five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you can shout yourself almost a coffee in Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, which is perfect segue, Kate, into what? What housekeeping? <laughs> okay, folks, we've obviously got a uh, very tight timeline so I've got to whip through our housekeeping which is we do we're nearly clocking three minutes you've only got two minutes to smash it out well I can do this because I've gotten very good at it you are really good at it if you didn't realize we're a podcast welcome 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 to shitting bricks and we have lots of really great social channels which you should definitely go check out which is shitting.bricks.podcast it's on the insta what Gwam. And on the tick, what? 
Tonk. <laughs> and there's a few others, but they're the best ones. <laughs> yeah. Find us. And it's shitting without a G. Yes. Thank you, Kate. Shit air bricks. And if you ever just want to contact us or email us, you can always just email at shitten.bricks.podcast at gmail.com. But is it dot or underscore? It's dot for our Ah, email. Yeah. Dot for dots. Yeah. I've gotten rid of underscores because pet hate anyone else out there who includes underscores in any of their handles or anything. It's just so difficult because you've got to go to the other tab of your keyboard on your smartphone to find the underscore because it's not a common thing oh smart tip for mine's mine has there. an underscore in it i'm sorry no that's okay i used to underscore everything <laughs> <laughs> but last but not least please go check out our patreon as well which is the same shit and bricks podcast because we always do special episodes and um re- early release of things so a few bucks a month goes a really, really long way. Kate and I are able to upgrade all of our recording stuff recently, which is really exciting. And I think it was obvious it was much better last week. Yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's about it. Oh, only one other little exciting thing is if you remember a few weeks ago, we did an interview with uh, Dying to be Found podcast. Kate, that yes. is going to be released in like the next week and we're going to release it as well. So stay tuned for a whole added bonus episode as well. I love that so much. That's awesome. Oh, five minutes on the dot, Kate. Bang. Oh, that's exquisite. That's exquisite. (laughs) All right. You ready for today's epi? I was born ready. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you were born and you're with us. Thank you. That's so sweet. Happy birthday, Kate. Happy birthday to you too. (laughs) Let me just wet my (laughs) mouth a bit. Oh, please do. (laughs) For our listeners at home or on the treadmill or in the car, whence ever you may be, that's not a word. Um, I mean, it's anyway, (laughs) currently, uh, we have a video that I observe Dominic and, you know, we, we look at each other for social cues and for moments where I might step in and say something during his recording. He's currently frozen in a delightful pose, which we're going to post on social media and it's not changed in about, uh, five minutes, 56 seconds. So (laughs) I cannot wait firstly to post that, that photo of what I get to look at this whole time. But also, if it seems a bit stilted where I would normally say something, um, I'm just going to jump in. I'm, dug- I'm just going to dive <laughs> right in, Dom, so just be prepared. I love it. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dom, have you got a story? What are we learning about today? Okay, so today, it's not much of a surprise because I've been hinting at it for a, a couple of weeks now, but uh-huh. I can't believe, I always say this, but I can't believe we haven't done a story on this. <laughs> But talking about phobias, let me introduce you to gargalophobia. <gasps> gargalophobia. Yeah, and it is spelt exactly how it sounds. G-A-R-G-A-L-A phobia. Gargalophobia. Okay. Gargalophobia. And All right. Now, can I take a guess at what this is? Absolutely. You have a phobia of Lady Gaga. <laughs> Or how about this? I've got sound effects for you. Hit me. 
Oh, actually, n- mouth noises I I don't I don't like the gargle I can take, chewing and swallowing not so much. That's a shout out to my sister as well who <laughs> she does not like that either. <laughs> it's the best thing to just go and chew something next oh. to her. Oh. One one time she sent me a, a text message saying I'm at the library at the university in the silent study area and there is someone nearby, like not even next to, just nearby, like could be a one kilometre radius for, yeah. for Darling Jess. But she said they have an apple, all in oh. caps, and I just knew exactly what she meant. Yeah. She was in severe distress, so she certainly suffers from gargalophobia. Well, I'm sorry to say we're both wrong, but gargle- oh god, <laughs> gargle- Well, maybe she. Okay, what does what does Jess suffer from this? Please tell me what it is. No, gargala <laughs> is actually the Greek word for <gasps> tickle. Oh, mm. I love that. So, I don't like being gargled. Yes, <laughs> well, I love a good gargling every day again. <laughs> love- <laughs> Why don't you come over and gargle me sometime? Gargala. So, gargalophobia, therefore, is the fear of being tickled. I love it. Now, unlike, now, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce this because it's one of those words with a P and a T as okay. the first two letters. It's like pteranophobia. I'm just going to ignore the P. Let's say it's. Yeah, do there. it. It's like pterodactyl. Yeah. Pteranophobia. Now, pteranophobia is actually the fear of being tickled very specifically by feathers, whereas gargalophobia is just the general fear of being tickled by anything, including by people or even like when insects crawl on you, Kate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. So tickling, let's get into that. Tickling is a discomfort feeling that can lead to gargalophobia to some, especially children. Be very careful, folks, of tickling children and hitting that point of where it's not fun anymore because you can actually give them gargalophobia. Isn't that a parent's job, though? Oh, true. Yeah. Well. Trauma. Trauma. (laughs) I'm in the business of trauma. Trauma for learning. With a capital (laughs) T. Now, some sufferers, they might hide from people completely. Um, They may even limit themselves from going outdoors. So it can have some pretty, like, widespread and long-lasting issues absolutely now being tickled may make them panic and flee along with other symptoms like rapid breathing cold sweats nausea and dizziness wow yeah people i was once tickled by sorry to interject i was once tickled by uh my great uncle and he tickled me so much like i could not breathe yeah and I just wound up with the most almighty kick because I was trying to kick him off, like, you know, but then it got to the point where I, he would not stop. And so I just wound up with the biggest kick and just smashed him straight in the bread basket. And he was like, oh, God, you wanted me to stop? I was like, yeah, like 10 minutes ago when I could breathe. <laughs> you see these blue lips? like, <laughs> Yeah, come on, homie. Take a cue. Well, people may hate being tickled due to the loss of control over their bodies, experts say, and tickling can overwhelm the nervous system, causing actual, if temporary, paralysis, according (gasps) to Alan Fridland, who's got a PhD, associate professor in the Department of Psychological and Brain Sciences at the University of California. California. (laughs) 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 All right, 
that's my little side session because loved what, it. What do we love to do here, Kate? We love to educate. Teach. Teach. Yeah. Teach. I don't get enough of it in my nine to five, so I like to come home and do it too. Yeah. So today's episode is actually inspired by one of my dear partners, Kane. Hi, Kane. Love you. Love you too, hun. He introduced this topic or this particular thing that I'm going to talk about today in the format of a documentary. So I'm going to talk about a documentary called Tickled. Okay. Have you seen it, Kate? No, I don't, I don't know anything about it. But again, we've said this before, that's not surprising <laughs> for me. I have a very niche set of interests and will watch about six films every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> the same six people. <laughs> the same six. <laughs> Wall Street, Godfather, Casino, Goodfellas, Godfather Part 2, Golden Godfather Eye. Part 3 if I'm really, yeah. <laughs> and then Goldeneye. She's How got a that? thing for jeans. Oh, I do. <laughs> Every single one of them was a G except Wall Street. Almost, except and Casino. Oh, that's right. That's but a Casino's like basically Goodfellas. <laughs> and it, but it, a C is a C is most of a G. Yeah, so without a tail. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, first time listeners. This is what you get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, scary! Boo! <laughs> oh, oh God! I'm shitting bricks. I'm only shitting bricks because I'm so fucking lost in this whole conversation. Well, if, if being tickled actually scares you, this documentary is going to blow your mind. And if you've not seen it, of course, I highly recommend it. Um, so is it about actually like tickling, like being tickled? Here we go, Kate. Oh, I can't wait. Buckle this is wild. Me. I thought it was like tickled, but it was like some serial killer named Jimmy Tickle. And then they <laughs> were like, oh, you got tickled. And then he went to prison. That's, well, I don't you're know. not far off, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, hit me. So the first, I'm talking about the documentary though, folks. So there's a story obviously within the doco, but the documentary is quite an interesting story itself. And yeah, that's going to be the main focus or the, the angle in which we tell the story. So the first thing people will tell you about the documentary Tickled, which I'm pretty sure I did this to you, Kate, exactly mm -hmm. word for word, is that it is about competitive endurance tickling stop it <laughs> are you shitting your bricks yet i am stop it <laughs> this is like not at all what i thought that this was going to be about i can't i can't wait oh my god but the second thing people will tell you is that it's not really about that at all oh oh you had me <laughs> you well, got me if you're confused, folks, don't worry because you're kind of meant to be. Okay. So this unassuming film, it was released in 2016 and it has raised significant word of mouth since its premiere in the World Documentary Program of Sundance in January that same year. It was so successful that HBO picked it up for the television rights shortly afterwards and there was a general release run in more than 50 theatres across the US only. Now, just about every review is very positive and at pains to point out that Tickled is much darker and much more disturbing than it appears at first in the blurb or even through the movie poster. So it's meant to suck people in and kind of trick you. I don't like that. 
<laughs> I, I'm very much a person who likes to know what to expect. Yeah. And that would not be something I would necessarily enjoy being swindled. Yeah, well. Yeah, like I'm the kind of person who will look up the runtime of a <laughs> performance, like a live performance, you know, music or, or musical or play so that I can decide, you know, yeah, I can deal with it for that much longer or, oh, God, I've still got this much more time left. Yeah, well, you would be pleasant. I I was pleasantly surprised when I was watching this, that's for sure. I can't, okay. I'm quite the opposite of you, Kate. I love going in not knowing. Okay. I love being the unknown. taken on a journey and and you and I, we do share this thing of trying to guess what's going to happen next or, you know. We do. Figure yeah. things out. Now, this particular film, it follows a gentleman named David Farrier. He is a New Zealand journalist as he pursues and is pursued by key figures in the world of competitive endurance tickling. Okay. Now, this is competitive endurance tickling, if you don't know what this is, and most people don't. This is where young athletic men wearing professional-looking sport kits are restrained and tickled by each other at length. Right. I mean, it sounds a little bit sexy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's not meant to be all that, like, secretive about that part, really, to be honest. It reads pretty homoerotic already, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, it does a bit. Now, at the centre of all of this is uh, Jane O'Brien Media, which is a Los Angeles-based video production agency recruiting, in their own words, lean, muscular, ticklish guys from the ages of 18 to 25 to participate in this sport. But it also promises cash up front and an experience an expenses paid trip to Los Angeles, according to Farrier, and it comes with a price, as the young men who take up the offer will eventually find out. God. Don't, don't, They've don't. been swindled too. Now, Jane O'Brien Media reportedly pays the recruits large sums of money and flies them out from various locations, and according to Farrier's sources, the company tells potential ticklers They are auditioning for reality TV shows or other media projects. Hmm. There have even been a few instances, according to Farrier, where the company allegedly indicated the tickling videos were for the the military to test tickling as a torture device. No. I mean, having said that, (laughs) if I'm given a choice (laughs) between having my fingernails pulled out with a pair of pliers or someone tickling me, I think I know which one I would take up first. The nails, really? Yeah, the nails. (laughs) (laughs) No, I already went through this. If you go on our socials, it's one of my pet peeves. It's people touching my nails. Yeah. (laughs) Would you take the Spanish donkey or the nails? (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. The nails, I think, because it wouldn't last as long. And my tchotchke would be safe. (laughs) Your tchotchke, your puswacha. (laughs) Puswacha. All right. 
Back to Tickled. Now, squarely of the truth is stranger than fiction category, Tickled has touches about it of a thriller, mystery, and true crime genre, even at times horror, hence why we're doing it on this podcast. Yeah. Yet the most straightforward, persuasive description persists. It is a documentary literally about competitive tickling. Now, in Farrier's words, in a perfect world, I kind of don't want people to know anything about it. So he really did want to trick people before they saw this. They, you know, he wanted it to be a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Thinking it's going to be a light documentary about competitive tickling, that's the best possible way to go into the film. So, Kate, I'm going to ruin it and spoil it for you. Okay. But I don't care. So No, that's fine. I mean, fair enough. I'm here. It came out when 2016, statute of limitations, I think is. Sure. I'm going to say two and a half years. I've just now decided. If something's come out two and a half years, no, two years, two years prior, then you can spoil it. You've had your chance. You've had you've had time. I'd still recommend going and watching it because just yeah, yeah, just to, to see the yeah. that sort of tone, even knowing what hap- what happens. But that's right up my alley, Dom. I love knowing what happens. There you go. So this is perfect <laughs> for you. Yay. Now, in his native New Zealand, Farrier is known for his good-humoured, straight-faced odd spots on late-night television news, which range from his search for the Mongolian deathworm, purported to live in the Gobi Desert, also to a heart-to-heart with Justin Bieber in the star's baby days. So Farrier's done a wide range of things. He's very easygoing, affable and normal, a straight man to the world's apparently infinite reserves of weirdness. He has characterised himself in the past as a quirky story light fluff journo. Okay. Now, outside of New Zealand, he's become known as New Zealand's Louis Thoreau, who most people should know. There is even a physical resemblance as described by one journalist as nerdy looking. You should definitely look him up. He's, uh, it's, it's uncanny how much okay. he looks like him. Is now, it James Ferrier, did you say? David Farrier. David Farrier, sorry. <laughs> now, Farrier posted a screenshot of this to Instagram with three red face scowling emojis and the hashtag, hashtag hot, hashtag cool, hashtag cool guy. <laughs> He looks exactly like Louis Thoreau. Yeah, it's uncanny, right? Oh, my God. Don't worry, folks. I will post a photo so you can check it out. <clears throat> we should do a side-by-side. Yeah. Now, researching the phenomenon further, Farrier uncovered information about a person known as Terry DeSisto, whose alias name was Terry Tickle. <laughs> you guessed it, Kate. <laughs> yes! It wasn't Jimmy, but it was close. Yeah, Terry Tickle. Now, this Terry Tickle pioneered recruiting and distributing tickling videos online in the 1990s. They interviewed independent tickling video producer Richard Ivey, whose operations are comparatively low-key and also acknowledge a homoerotic aspect. Hmm. Now, former participants in Jane O'Brien Media's videos describe coercive and manipulative treatment by the producers, such as defamation campaigns against them, exposing their personal information and contacting associates to discredit them as homosexual or as sexual deviants, all in retaliation for speaking out against the company. Wow. Yeah. 
So in other words, these videos were also being used as blackmail. Aha. Now, a local recruiter in Muskogan, Michigan, describes audition videos he had helped make, which were published by O'Brien Media without the participants' consent. I don't think that's okay. No, not legal. No. Now, Farrier and Reeve discovered documents on a defunct tickling video website, which link Jane O'Brien Media to a David D'Amato. Oh. Very similar to David DeZisto. Yeah. Very tickler. The former school administrator behind the Terry Tickle alias. Yeah. Now, they, they learned that D'Amato had served a six-month prison sentence for disabling computer systems at two different universities in retaliation against an 18-year-old male student who attempted to terminate an online relationship, which began when the young man was only 17. That's illegal. That's also illegal. They determined that D'Amato now lives on a substantial inheritance from his father, a successful lawyer, and after considerable effort to locate him, a a big chunk of this movie is trying to track down this this gentleman. This Terry Tickler. Yep. They confront him on the street, to which he responds with additional legal threats. Well, does he have a leg to stand on legally? (laughs) Come on, he's broken all the crimes. I've broken all the crimes. (laughs) (laughs) he's broken all the laws (laughs) and he's doing the crimes he's doing the crimes now before returning to new zealand farrier contacts d'amato's stepmother for comment she implicitly confirms her stepson's tickling past and farrier informs her (laughs) that he believes d'amato is still involved in this jane o'brien media so he's done this a few times it seems sneaky deaky Now, David Farrier sat down and did an interview not long after all the big media hype have tickled. And I've just pulled out a couple of questions that he answered in the interview because I just find it really, really interesting and it gives a little bit more detail. So, Love it. Let's hear it. This is in the voice of the interviewer. Question is, you reached out to the men in the tickling videos and of those who have answered and you've spoken to, what do they all think of all this? Referring to the documentary. Yep. Farrier responds, the, the, the feeling for most of them, some of them walked away and had a good experience. So they'll go and be tickled, get their money and walk away. Some of them, their videos go online, but under stage names. They don't care. That's fine. I talk to them and they don't mind. Then you have this core group. Of the 300 domain names we found, there are quite a few that pointed to these websites set up to name and shame. People don't want to take action because they're scared it will start things again and because they don't have any money. Also, where do you start? A lot of these people, all they have is Jane and Debbie as part of Jane O'Brien Media. Mm -hmm. They're not dealing with any real people, so they don't know where to begin and they don't have any money. So I think that's why this has gone on for so long because the people who have been drawn into this world don't have money. And that's why they're drawn to it in the first place. And, yeah, why they did it because they're going to get paid cash months for being tickly. Mm -hmm. Interviewer, right, the 18 to 24-year-old age group they're targeting, you can't get a more vulnerable group than that. 
Harry responds completely. A lot of them are sporty jockey type guys. They're not doctors. That's the type of person attracted to this. They're aspiring models. They really want to get to LA because that's where they can make it and break it. Part of the reason they're excited to go is because Marco is touted on there as being a world-renowned photographer. Marco was one of the photographers doing the film. For the tickling filming. Yeah. Cool. Okay. They get portfolio shots with them. So, you know, they get stuff out of this. And I want someone who has and they want someone who has skill in this area to see this and think what is done what is, what is being done legally that can be chased. There's some very murky territory in here. So the whole documentary is sort of a, uh, you go on the journey with David as he's discovering more and more about the story. Okay. It's, it's not like overproduced, it's not very Hollywood. It's like you get to figure out the complexities of this story as you go. It's quite a roller coaster, to be honest. Yeah. So he's just basically following these leads and has this story that he knows but is meeting with people who were part of it or knew about it to get their understanding. Is that kind of the tone? Yeah, very much like yeah. Louis Theroux does things. He's just like, yeah. oh, there's a world of competitive tickling that's kind of strange and weird just in of itself i'll just yeah i'll find out a bit more about it and then it's like oh, what holy yeah yeah shit what did i just nest did i just stumble upon yeah. yeah exactly now when farrier first came across jane o'brien media back in 2014 he had planned to make a two-minute clip about competitive tickling for his then employers at tv3 but a representative responded to his interview request with hostility, saying that to associate with a homosexual journalist would bring the passionately and exclusively heterosexual athletic endurance activity into disrepute. <laughs> yeah, sounds reasonable. Yeah. And they got that because Farrier has very outwardly acknowledge that he's bisexual himself but mm -hmm. like, what's that got to do with any like yeah it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the questions he's going to ask or anything yeah and it's so hypocritical that this media company is like we don't want to associate with someone who's bisexual because it's going to throw the sport under the bus but then they're literally filming these tickling videos to post yeah and blackmail anyway and their dudes like tied up, tickling each other. Like there's a bit of a vibe. Yeah. Now, undeterred, Farrier wrote three blog posts detailing their interactions, escalating to personal slurs sent over email and legal threats from within New Zealand and the US. Then he was told that Jane O'Brien was sending three employees to New Zealand with the understood intention of forcing him to drop the project. Okay. It so was, they were on it pretty quick. Yeah. And in his words, it was like, obviously they do have a shitload of money. They're not joking, he says. Yeah. And classic him, I'm also going to put up a photo of this. He goes to meet them at the airport with a sign. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? Oh, I don't have the photo on me. Okay. What does it say? Actually, I do have it somewhere. This is, it's going to be good. Where are you? What's the photo say? It's such a cute, like, homemade sign, you know, like that kids do for when... Yeah, like you draw on the cardboard. You know. With your coloured markers and your paint that you brought home from kindy. It says, welcome, Marco Realmonte. That was the photographer. Real Monte, Like, come on. Full Monty, <laughs> Real Monte. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> and Jane O'Brien Media. And it's okay. a photo of him at the airport. So like we'll put big, that on that's socials cute. for people to see. Um, the three posts, the three blog posts that he did were subsequently pulled from TV3's website for their risk of defamation. And Farrier started to think that the story, whatever it was, demanded a closer look. Definitely. Well, that's the thing. It's like, guys, do you know the way that I would have stopped this? Yeah. Is if the story didn't go anywhere and you just made it go even further. So with co-director Dylan Reeve, a fellow Aucklander who'd been following the story, he launched a crowdfunding bid to pursue the project. In his words, it was my suspicion that there was enough going on there that there would be some kind of something worth watching. Whether it was a feature link thing, a video for Vimeo, it just kind of grew from there. So the Kickstarter page raised close to $30,000 New Zealand dollars in three weeks. Wow. The 92-minute documentary was cut and completed within about 18 months of his first contact with Jane O'Brien Media. Farrier took unpaid leave from TV3 for the shoot and quit before the film's premiere at Sundance. He said it came together very fast, but that's how the story unfolded. It feels representative of what happened to me. So it's all very like Blair Witch Project type, just it's there. It's just being filmed as he's learning, as it's being discovered. Yeah. I feel like those are some of the best docos too. Yeah. Because you really feel like you're on that journey with them and it's not something that's, you know, super heavily produced or anything like exactly. that. I like those docos. Yeah. Now, Tickled is Farrier's first foray into documentary. How's that? Your first fucking go and you're getting into Jesus. Sundance. <laughs> that's not bad. Jesus. Why are we not famous, Kate? Not yet. yet. Soon. Now, in the kindest way possible, it shows as though for fearing having too little to show, he's over-reliant on telling. He's like, I have literally no idea what to expect. Um, it's just we've got to go with it. It's either going to be a real letdown or it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> Let's pull the trigger. Um, but he represents Jane O'Brien Media as bullies with way too much money. Um, it kind of seems like a naive characterization. It's almost it's almost just too good or too much. Um but anyway, you just you have to watch it. It has a flavour and a vibe to it that is very effortless. But this has ne next to no negative impact on the viewer's experience. The documentary may be flawed, but the journalism is excellent. It's helped along, as most journalism is, by a few strokes of luck, and the story is exclaim aloud, hand on mouth, remarkable. So he just struck gold. That's great. As The Guardian's Nigel Smith wrote of its premiere at Sundance, the revelations are too juicy to spoil. The pleasure in watching this documentary is derived from its countless twists and no one was more surprised by what he found than Farrier. Farrier says, we couldn't have anticipated where it would go. I mean, the scale of it kind of blew our minds. It still blows my mind. As we went, things just kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's all about tickling, which seems so utterly bizarre. Yeah. Now, I'm not actually spoiling all of the things. Okay. Because I kind of don't want to. But yeah. the big scale stuff that they're talking about, I'm just going to leave that blank because I really want you all to go watch it because it's pretty unbelievable. This I want to watch it. It's going to the top of my list. Yeah. Now, for him, the story is still unfolding. This is at the time of the article. Jane O'Brien Media has had what Farrier terms a very Scientology response to the film. 
Kevin Clark, which was one of the three employees from Jane O'Brien Media that were sent to New Zealand, has actually set up a website to counter Farrier's allegations, calling him a world-class liar and referring to his to his um, documentary as a liamentary. So creative. A liamentary. Yeah. Oh, they would have workshopped that one for a while. Now, Clark attended both Sundance and the True False Film Festival in Missouri in March where Farrier was served with papers of, defam- of a defamation lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So as this documentary is coming out, Kate, he's still being served and being chased by Jane O'Brien Media. Yeah. Now, at that same event, Farrier says police ejected two audience members understood to have been attempting to record the film with a camera and microphone hidden in a coffee cup. Police later told Farrier they were private investigators from New York. Oh, so he's kind of... They're not the, very private, are they? No. <laughs> but in the throes of this, he's like being chased and stuff. It's pretty scary. That's stressful, yeah. Um, now, two lawyers worked completely pro bono to stave off the legal threats that hounded Tickle throughout its production and more were hired after its release. David D'Amato, a central figure in the film, who says he has no relationship with Jane O'Brien Media. Yeah, right? Sure had filed two defamation suits against Reeve and Farrier. Both were dismissed on jurisdictional grounds, but he has threatened further action. Now, D'Amato and Clark voiced their grievances at the Los Angeles premiere of Tickled in June 2016. Shock appearances described by New Zealand media as equivalent to watching Blackfish at the cinema, only to discover either uniformed SeaWorld reps or the orca sitting next to you. (laughs) What are you doing here, Orca? So, Kate, when you watch you'll get to the end and you may have bloobs. Okay. And what are bloobs, Kate, for our new listeners? Bloobs are blue balls for people with breasts. Yes. Bloobs. So there is actually a follow-up short, like, 30-minute YouTube second like part to the documentary where it kind of blows everything out of the water because of all the shit that happens after the documentary is released yeah it goes even bigger so if you watch the documentary make sure once it's done you go and watch the second follow-up part to it because it's just going to blow your mind okay anyway now at that premiere D'Amato and Clark were there and ejected for filming it. Mm. Um, Before they were ejected, the pair derailed the question and answer session after the screening in a bizarre episode that was broadcast live on the Facebook page of Magnolia Pictures, the distributor of the film in North America. So it's like in real time shit was happening as this film was coming out. This is bonkers. It was wild. Um, As... At the, at the question time, uh, D'Amato says, as we say in New York, Los Angeles TV, you need to lawyer up, warned D'Amato, adding, I do have to credit you that while your facts are very discordant, some of the effects in the movie, the music, the choreography, it was done very well. So strange. Okay. He's such a strange character. That's so weird. 
Now, Faria seems remarkably relaxed about all the craziness that's happened since the film's release, partly its self-preservation, partly its familiarity. It's been going on for so long, you sort of get used to it, I suppose. Now, it did take a while to get into that mindset, though. You don't sue people in New Zealand and Australia unless you're involved in some big, insane, big business situation. You don't have individuals suing willy-nilly. Mm. For those of you that are not living in the United States, suing isn't just like what you do every weekend for shits and giggles. Like, yeah, yeah. America, your obsession with just suing over everything is kind of ridiculous. We don't do that, so it's just not a thing. It's ain't, it ain't no thing. Yeah. Oh, I love it that every episode we've sung a song or songs accidentally and it's I always add it in on the, on, the, on the edit. I think that's just our pop culture life, you know. Yeah, We're just exactly. too good at it. Now, Farry says, hopefully people watch this and go, oh, my God, the legal system is pretty fucked up over there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Now, of all the stories told by Tickled, at its heart, it's a film about privilege, the people who don't have it and the corners they can find themselves backed into and the people who do and the escape routes it presents them with. So if you've got money in America, that does protect you in a huge way, says Faria. All the young men who are drawn into this tickling competition, they don't have money. And that's where it becomes problematic later. Now, during the film's production, Faria left a very long, rambling voicemail with the FBI about what he'd uncovered, but he's never heard back from them. What? Yeah. Okay. They're like, sorry, we're busy or we didn't get the message. Yeah, what's well, a little light blackmail? Um, he says, I want people to leave the film feeling that's something not right. Things need to be put right in some way. However that ends up happening, I have no idea. Because it's been going on for 21 years. Holy crap. For now, Farrier draws pragmatic satisfaction from the fact that the film at least exists as a counter-narrative to that given by Jane O'Brien Media. In his words, he says, it seemed the best thing to do was to make a film, put it out there, get eyes on it, he says. So at the very least, if people want to go and do this tickling competition, they'll Google it and find the other side of that particular story. Nice. At the very least, there's that. To wrap up, D'Amato filed a 40 million defamation and slander lawsuit in Nassau County Court, alleging that his stepmother, Dorothy D'Amato, made statements in the film with the intention to injure his business, causing mental distress. She didn't do anything. <laughs> it's like, you said something about me. Shit. I'm going to sue you. It's like, I'm suing you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but if you did the crime, you do the time. Yeah. But then like, oh, no, you suing me actually called me mental distress, so I'm going to sue you for suing me. Let's let's do it. Oh, my God. Habeas corpus. That's just a law word. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> Sustained. Hitherto, where art thou? Henceforth. Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> Henceforth, Romeo. That's my new drag name. Now, D'Amato has actually died. Oh, he's actually... <laughs> he's dieted. He's deaded. He's actually died. <laughs> At the very mm, youngish age of 55. No offence okay. to anyone out there in your 50s. 50s, like, youngish. I yeah, that's youngish. 
That's nice. He died on the 15th. I thought you were going to say no offense to anyone who's 55. <laughs> you balls it. Now, he was only 55 and he died on the 13th of March, 2017. So it was only like a year after the film. Mm-hmm. The filmmakers from Jane O'Brien, um, sorry, no, not the filmmakers, Farrier and the production company that did Tickled, Magnolia, they posted yep. a statement on their website that they were incredibly sad to learn of it and they asked that his death be treated with respect. But it's okay because he ended up suing himself for dying. There you go. So he's like, I was given a dud body that only carried me to 55, so I'm going to sue myself for that. Uh, look, I don't think he'd get that pass because if you see some photos of him, he did not, he was not treating He wasn't taking care temple. of himself? Ah, uh, I see. No. Listeners, great news. The video stream has just now come back and I can see Dominic again. <laughs> For those of you who are following along at home, I have had a delightful frozen image of Tom for 44 minutes. <laughs> and that's the end of the story, Kate, literally. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect timing. I know. I actually wrote a relatively short one this week, but I, it's kind of a weird one because I don't want to ruin too much of it, but. It's, yeah, but it's a, it's a fascinating story. story. I really want to watch that doco now. And there's lots That's of That's going to be my weekend watch. Like you could Google it right now and, and Google competitive tickling. It's it's actually pretty – there is a scariness about it because – and that's why you need to watch it. The story just doesn't do it justice because you see some of the setup or some of the contraptions – that mm. they tie these people up to and then tickle them. And these people cannot move. They can't get out of it. They literally. Oh, I don't like that. It's like a torture thing. Yeah, and nah. I think that's what I enjoyed about this film or going into this going, ah, oh, tickled. This, there's got to be something that's really seedy or dangerous about this. And then your imagination just goes wild. And I think yeah. that's really kind of um, symbolic about, the film and what he wanted to do with the film and also being tickled where you can't do anything about it. You don't, you're imagining you could just be tickled until you're dead. No, I don't like that. Yeah. It's so creepy to watch. And I think because yeah. it wasn't overproduced, it's done in a really kind of shaky camera kind of way. Yeah, Blair Witchy so vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend. Wow. It's, it's an interesting one. And that is the story of Gargalophobia and Tickled. Yay, Gaga. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. <laughs> that was wonderful, Dom. Thank you for sharing that. I was not expecting that. Yeah. And so it turned into just the best case scenario. <laughs> I know. I haven't done anything super violent or super gory. For a while. So, you know, uh -huh. maybe my next story, I'm just going to have to dive right back into my. Into heavy. your, um, yeah, into your heavy. Yeah. Do it. Well, next week, I am bringing you an episode. And back in the day, in the early days of Shit and Bricks podcast, I did a series of weather episodes. Mm -hmm. And if you've not listened to them, you should go back and listen to them. And I did touch a little bit on fire, but not a lot. And I thought we've just, you know, we're in the middle of our summer here in Australia. And one of the stories 
or one of the factoids, one of the interesting parts of living in this uh, location are the wildfires mm. that uh, we, you know, that ravage our country. And we're not the only ones, uh, obviously, but I thought I'd bring a couple of stories about wildfires specifically to the pod. And yeah. I might have some facts and handy hints and tips. I might have some phobes. I might have some, uh, you know, state of emergency rules and regulations <laughs> from the Australian government. You just never know. It's so much. It's actually a really good topic, like a firestorm, mm-hmm. the extremes, and being yep. burnt. I mean, who isn't afraid of being burnt? Oh, I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sue me. Amazing. Don't burn me. <laughs> yes. So, so sue me. <laughs> sue me, you stupid firestorm. Right. Row up. Kate, I think um, Liz has just popped my dinner in the oven. Lizzie. <laughs> oh, bless her. Isn't she just a treat? I love that. Well, I'm going to go because in 12 minutes, Survivor Australia starts and I am a Survivor stan. I love Survivor Australia. I love the original Survivors too, but I find it difficult to find a time to watch 926 seasons of 45 episodes a season. So I'm just stay up to date with the Aussie one. Whoop, whoop. Sounds good. And folks, as usual, please go check out not only our socials, please check out our Patreon. All of it is shitting bricks podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Yeah. That's been Dom. I've been and, Kate. Oh. <laughs> and together that is both Kate and Dom. Google <laughs> us, interact with us. We love yous. Yeah. Kind of. A little bit. Well, <laughs> well, I do at the very least. But I'm a sucker for love. I <laughs> fell in love with my drink bottle the first time I saw it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sleep deprived. Goodbye, Good. everyone. Good night. Love you. <laughs> That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.